SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJ Summit 2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world. All we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm the feature editor here at Search Engine Journal, and I'm here today with Pamela Lund of That Pam Chick uh, PPC Services. Hi, Pam. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I really like your branding. (laughs) Thank you. It's kind of how I vet clients. If they like my brand, I know that we're going to get along. If they don't, then we're not. (laughs) That's fair fair enough. Yeah, I went and looked and dug into how you came up with that. And you said you went to conference series and people would just be like, yeah, that Pam chick. And you're like, ah, it's genius. Yeah, brands make themselves. (laughs) I like it. Um, So what we wanted to talk about today was how... Um, the different aspects of marketing can't be siloed anymore. And that's not a brand new concept, but I do think there's a lot more aspects today than there have been in the past. It used to be pretty basic. There's SEO, PPC, that was about it. And now we've got social, we've got email marketing, we've got remarketing. Um, So yeah, where, where do you start when you're, so you start working with a new brand and you want to be like, Hey, we can't just focus on one aspect. We kind of need to do them all. What's your first, the first thing that you talk about? Sure. Like you said, you know, this is not necessarily a new concept, but the way that we're talking about it and the way we need to educate people is changing a little bit. You know, previously, um, we would say, you know, we need to share keyword information or ad copy with the SEO team so that they can implement that on uh, on the organic side. But with paid, we really need to start looking at how everything affects conversion rate. And that all comes back to brand awareness and even product awareness. So the discussion that I'm having with new clients and even existing clients to kind of shift their strategy a little bit is talking to them about how there's there's only so many people that are actually going to go to Google and search for their product. You know, people may not even know that their product exists. So if we really want to maximize revenue and get as much as possible out of their marketing spend, we have to do things to create demand, which would be awareness through Facebook ads that you kind of upfront have to know are not going to be uh, ROI positive. They're going to generate right. quality traffic, but people aren't going to click through and buy right away. We're just really introducing them to the brand. And through that, you know, you may want to do an email strategy or uh, just a retargeting strategy if you know that you are bringing people to the site and you can bring them back later. So we need to incorporate social advertising. We need to uh, then do some retargeting, uh, whether that's a full scale retargeting uh, platform like AdRoll or Criteo, or whether you're just doing some search retargeting through AdWords. Everything really just needs to come down to letting people know about your brand, creating awareness of your products, and then when they are ready to buy, being there and having them already warm to your brand so that your conversion rate is higher. That makes a lot of sense. My question is a lot, especially once you get up to like the CEO level of the bigger companies um, or even the smaller ones perhaps as well, 
they want to see that ROI. They don't want to spend money on Facebook ads that they're not going to see a direct impact on sales. So how how do you how do you explain that in a way that makes sense? Sure. So that they understand there is an ROI. It just might not be easy to see right away. Yep. So I take a two-step approach. One is I talk to people about how they personally have been shopping. So I ask them to think of a recent purchase that they made and then to think back about how they got to making that purchase. And this is a not a need. This is something they wanted to purchase, um, like a luxury item or something, you know, a, a new pair of shoes maybe that they uh, purchased online, something, something new that, you know, not a refrigerator. But I take them back through their process and I say, think about when you first started considering making this purchase. And they will talk to me about how they searched on their mobile phone and they found something that they liked and then their kids ran into the room and they got, you know, disrupted. Um, And then, you know, later on that week, they were like, oh yeah, I really liked those shoes. And they have to go back and find the shoes. And then maybe they sign up for the email list because they were offered 10% off if they do that. So they sign up for the email and then maybe next week, they uh, get another email from the brand and then they finally purchase. And when you put them in the position of being the buyer, they start to realize, oh my gosh, I do this all the time. So why wouldn't my customers also do this? And then we really have to start talking about the multi-channel funnels and uh, what sort of tracking they have in place and making sure that they have a comprehensive program that is uh, you know, bringing people into their funnel, getting them signed up for an email list, doing the retargeting, having all of these multiple touch points that are trackable. So at the end of the day, they do have positive ROI that we can track back to that initial touch point through Facebook or Twitter or whatever that first touch point is. So while they may not see positive ROI on the first click, we can show that ROI is positive overall. That's interesting. I like the idea of kind of putting them in the buyer's shoes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I know a lot of, so when you're tracking across the, the touch points, uh, the Facebook to the email, to the website, how are you tracking that? What aspects are you using? I think it's usually done by email. Is that still accurate? Yeah. So it's really tough to a hundred percent track everything, Right. but um, ultimately what I'm trying to do with my clients, because we know that email is an extremely effective marketing tactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody complains about email, but the, at, at the end of the day, if you look at most uh, most company stats, if they have a good email program, that is one of their largest revenue drivers. So we do make sure that everything is tagged with um, UTM parameters and then look right. at the multi-channel funnel in analytics or, you know, mixed panel or like whatever your tracking platform is that you're using, you should be able to see each of the touch points and see, you know, Facebook uh, brings in you know, like our third most traffic, and then uh, it assists revenue from email at a much higher rate than it it brings in initially. And there is a way to to track that assist. I like it because it's like in basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's the same technology. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And and it's a little bit of a fuzzy metric, obviously, because people clear their cookies, they convert on different devices, they're, you know, our, our shopping behavior is not one step or one device or, you know, one touch point. So we have to kind of use it as an indicator rather than Mm -hmm. a solid metric and say, you know, well, we generated $10,000 in revenue here. What we need to do is look at it and say, the more 
attention we pay to social advertising, the more traffic we bring in, the more retargeting revenue we're generating and, and overall our entire graph is trending up. Rather than getting super granular and, and nitpicky with like this one keyword is not converting. We need to look at the overall picture. Fair enough, that makes sense. Um, I'm actually gonna take a break real quick and we'll be right back. SCJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs, by SEOs, SCJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SCJNerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SCJSummit2016. All right, and we're back. I'm here with Pamela Lund of that Pam chick. Um, we're talking today about, oh, we can't really silo marketing anymore, which like I'd mentioned earlier, it's not a brand new concept, but there is a lot of newer things to consider. And what we've been talking about mostly is remarketing, which it's funny. I have a lot of friends obviously that aren't in marketing. They're like, this is so creepy. I was just looking <laughs> at these boots and now it's following me on Facebook. <laughs> Yes, people do get a little creeped out by it. And, you know, all of us, I think, in marketing lovingly call it stalking. It is. <laughs> because it definitely is. But when done well, it's so effective. I think the big problem is that so many companies do not do it well. You know, they're retargeting everyone with the exact same ads. There's no intent behind the retargeting. And there's no strategy behind it. You know, one of the most effective things that you can do is implement a retargeting strategy that uh that, you know, puts people into buckets and says, you know, these people took this action on our site, just like you would do with an email campaign. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you're showing them the right offer at the right time so that they will convert. Right. Yeah. I think there's also a way to, when you're doing the remarketing, to turn it off. Because I've had, I think I had, it was a pair of Doc Martin boots that I really wanted. And my husband, I sent a link to my husband and was like, hey, look at these. So he clicked on it, right? And he looks at them. And so I ended up purchasing them on my computer and there's no way to tell them that, of course. So he ended up getting ads for like two or three weeks and there definitely needs to be a shorter, <laughs> I mean, I, you could do the research and figure out what the turnaround time is going to be, but that's a lot of wasted money on their spending on following him around when I actually made the purchase and there's no way, there's no way to to tell that, of course, but yeah, right now we don't have that. And uh, if you're using a platform that is cost per click, there's um, not there's no downside to following around those people that never end up clicking on the ad and purchasing. Fair enough. So it's uh, okay. it's getting better, but we're not a hundred percent yet. I do love the remarketing. It's uh, we actually just did a study recently um, on SCJ, and one of the things we found we just polled all of our our users uh, readers, as it were. And 91% said that remarketing was, they thought was effective. So it's, it's definitely a big deal. It'll be interesting. How do you think this is going to, the remarketing is going to change? So every kind of technique that we get, it, it kind of goes through a process of being new and shiny and everyone tries it out and people get it wrong and then it just kind of matures. How do you see that going with remarketing? I think it's, um, I think I see two major things that will change. One is really getting back to the intent and the intelligence behind the retargeting. So for instance, those boots, if you, if you looked at those Doc Martens and you knew that you wanted to purchase them and then you didn't, we need to determine why you didn't purchase those. Was it a price issue? Was it that 
they didn't have the color you wanted, you know, what was the the reason that you didn't make that purchase? And using big data, you know, find using all of this information that's available out there, the networks can start to figure that out and they can watch your behavior and see if you shopped at a lot of different sites and maybe you were price shopping. And if that's the case, then offer you a lower price to get you to make that purchase or let you know when the boots are in stock in the color that you were looking for. And uh, the other side of that is uh, getting more platforms that have better ad uh, ad selection. So right now we either have dynamic ads, which it's we're using a product feed and we're just putting in all of the products and whatever images the client has available and throwing their prices in there. Or we have static banners that are not necessarily timely or um, even related to the product that you are looking at. So we have uh, kind of these two disparate product types that are both valuable in the right time, but not always um, working as well as we need them to. So we need to get to a point where we have much better ads and much more intelligent targeting to make sure that we're showing people an offer at the right time so that they feel like they are getting a benefit from that ad. That's the big thing, right? If if people feel like they're they're seeing ads that are irrelevant to them, or um, you know, I already bought that product somewhere else, so I don't want it anymore. Then they start to get angry about being retargeted. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they see an ad that that pr- provides them value, or you know, maybe gives them a discount, or gives them a reason to be happy about seeing that ad, then they have a much better feeling about the not only the ad but about the brand overall. Fair enough. Yeah, there's definitely I when I see brands that mess up with the retargeting, which yes, I did buy that actually. Thanks. But you can stop sending me ads about it. Um, yeah. I assume that they're not doing very well with their marketing. Like it, it gives me a negative thought towards them. Yes. Um, granted I'm in marketing, so I don't know how much that translates to uh, perhaps a normal user, but I still, I mean, even if they don't understand the background of how that ad got there, it's still going to be annoying like I've seen this ad four times now today on Facebook. Why? Um, yeah, it's a hard balance because if you think about um, television advertising, think about mm-hmm. if you were to watch TV as much as you are on Facebook, how many times would you see a McDonald's ad? Oh, way, this happens way in, more. When you watch like on demand, mm-hmm. um, I have Comcast. They're the devil. Put that aside. Um, They'll play, if you watch on demand, they'll play the same freaking commercial over and over again. And by the end, I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I think that's probably an issue of commercial inventory rather than um, effectiveness. But if um, if you show people the same ad repeatedly or different variations of an ad that provide them value, like I said, and, mm-hmm. and are getting getting them something that they want or getting into their subconscious, then that can actually be valuable. But if you're targeting the wrong people, like right now I am getting hit with 23andMe ads over and over again on Facebook, and I'm already a customer. And I know that they could exclude me from seeing that because I'm right. already a customer. So that kind of thing, I think um, marketers really need to get much more savvy about making sure that they're reaching the right people at the right time. How would it work if Okay, so like the email I have for Facebook, I had a friend just post that they'd been on Facebook for 10 years. I can't believe it's been that long. So the email that I have for my Facebook account is not the same one as I use in my regular day to day. Is it po- They can't track that then, right? Um, so if they were only relying on their email list to exclude you, then they would not be able to track that. 
they could put the Facebook pixel on their site and exclude people who visit URLs that are exclusively accessible to customers. So if you were to log ah. in, then they could cookie you and exclude you. That's really smart. Um, so the next big thing, right, that we're dealing with as far as digital marketing is video. Um, you've got Blab, you've got Periscope, you've got all of these kind of things. How does that work into the kind of ecosystem of marketing today? That's a pretty difficult topic right now, just because, um, you know, professional video that most brands want to do is still a little bit inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And to uh, produce a video that has value to the users, but then also uh, ends up generating revenue, that's a really hard sell. So that's not something that I have had a lot of success with clients doing. Um, what what we've started doing is just kind of using those platforms, like you mentioned, like doing an Instagram video or something really short like that, that can let them see how users are enjoying seeing video of their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing some behind the scenes type videos. I have a couple of clients that have really great production processes for some clothing. So we're showing people how these clothes are made, how that's different. And that's been really successful, kind of, you know, opening up the doors and letting uh, customers see behind the scenes that makes them feel like they're part of the brand. So uh, those type of videos are are really easy for them to do. There's not a lot of production. They can just kind of, you know, shoot what they're already doing. Right. and it's not something that requires, you know, sound or subtitles or anything like that that would make the video um, really usable for an ad. It could just kind of be like a quick little, hey, look behind the behind the scenes here and see what we're doing. And that's been really effective. Yeah, so it's really more brand building, I guess. Yes. Um, we had, I saw one, uh, we've talked about testing the Facebook Live with FCJ, so I'll be interested to go how that, see how that goes. Um, are you familiar with Ricky Gervais, the uh, comedian? Yes. He does it. I don't know if you follow him on Facebook. I do because he's hilarious. Um, he does it on the Facebook Live. He's one of the first people I saw using it. And I swear to God, all he posts is videos of his cat. <laughs> but they get millions of views. That's what the internet's for. Like, pretty cat much, videos. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> cat videos. <sighs> yeah, I'll be interested to see how the videos go. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't see a way where you would track that, but... Ha- I don't think I saw in the past a way for you to track some of the stuff they track today. Yeah, it's it's hard and it's it's changing all the time. Right. A lot of what they are starting to track now is brand recall with video. So it's much less about someone watched a video and then clicked through and bought something from your site right. as much as it is that they saw your video or they saw your ad or whatever it is. And then later on, um, they recall and are more likely to convert with that brand. So it's really hard to measure, but they're getting better at it. Right. And it's just feelings of goodwill, right? If you watch something exactly. about it and you're like, oh, that was a really cool. Like you're talking about doing the clothing production. So maybe someone cares about the fact that their clothes are produced in the U.S. So mm-hmm. they're not going to buy clothes right away, but one of their friends shares and they're like, that's really neat. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's a touch point for sure. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's actually all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Pam. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And for our listeners, if you could leave us a review on iTunes and tell us how awesome we are, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people discover marketing nerds and helps us keep growing. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.